what is most important as things come in and out of our home. It can be easy to spot a muddy pair of boots or Play-Doh ground into the carpet. It's not so easy to see when spiritual threats are lurking and trying to gain access to our home. Well, hello there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer. It's great to have you joining us today for this episode. Today's episode is one of our episodes that are focused on motherhood. It is put out by our Mom to Mom ministry. So our Mom to Mom ministry happens in person on the first Wednesday of each month throughout the school year. And our Mom to Mom episodes pop onto the podcast on the third Thursday of each month. So you'll get it every month, a little episode focused on motherhood. And our goal is just to encourage moms and build them up in the Lord. This year, the theme that was chosen is the life-giving home. I love this. The truth is, our homes are our landing places, aren't they? It's where everything and everyone sort of pauses for a while. It's where great conversations happen and where the people in our care are blessed. It doesn't even matter if you work outside of your home or in your home, actually. Our homes are a place that should honor God and bless those who come in and go out of them. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode called The Entryway, where we focus on what comes into your home and what goes out, given by Courtney Hassan. So Courtney, take it away. Well, good morning. As Audrey said, my name is Courtney Hassan, and I'm very excited to be here with you today as we start off the first of the room talks for this year's Mom to Mom theme of the life-giving home. Today we'll be discussing the entryway to the home. The entryway of our home might look very different for each one of us. It's getting to be that time of year that fall decorations are going up for some of us, or for the fallaholics, have been up for a while. You know who you are. I too try to embrace the beautiful fall season and decorate the front porch with mums and other decor to be pleasing to the eye. Though the main entryway to my house for my family members is not the front decorated formal entryway, but the door from the garage to our family room. We use our garage as a mudroom and even have a set of lockers in there for organization of book bags, sports equipment, but most importantly to me, shoes. In our house, we prefer shoes to stay in the garage for a variety of reasons. I'm the reason. Um, and my kids are trained to take them off at the door. In your home, you may have other pet peeves that you do not want to come through the entryway. Some people just don't do animals, and you will not see a dog trampling through the house at any time. Other people loathe Play-Doh or slime. My sister-in-law wasn't allowed to have anything with glitter while she was growing up because her mom couldn't stand the mess it made in the home. So now she lets her kids embrace glitter every chance she can. Whatever your pet peeve is, it might stir up some very powerful emotions in you if that somehow sneaks into your home. It can be easy to spot a muddy pair of boots or Play-Doh ground into the carpet. It's not so easy to see when spiritual threats are lurking and trying to gain access to our home. Are you prone to opening the door to anxiety and fear in areas of your life? Years ago, we had a neighbor's home get broken into, and it appeared as though our home might have been being pursued by the same burglars. I remember telling various people what was going on, 
and getting a wide variety of advice on how to protect myself and the kids, particularly when my husband was at work during the day. In a conversation with a friend, coincidentally after a mom-to-mom, -mom, I received some of the best unsolicited advice I had received yet. Don't be fearful. At first, if I'm being completely honest, that advice didn't sit well with me. I wanted to respond back, well, that's easy for you to say. It's not your house. You don't be fearful. <laughs> but after I thought about it, she was absolutely right. We had already made our home as physically safe as we could think to be. I was so preoccupied with the distraction of trying to be in control of the situation and do everything that I could in my power that I wasn't relying on God. I hadn't prayed for protection or asked God to relieve me from this fear nor had I pointed my children in that direction. It was sin. More recently, this past summer, my husband took our older boys on the men's camping trip through our church for the first time. Typically, when he's out of town, I expect to sleep poorly due to fear. For some reason, when he's in the house, I just sleep better. I could fall asleep on the couch with all the doors and windows open with a red carpet lined up to our house for criminals if he's snoring in the next room. But the second he's not there, I'm tempted to play out the most extreme and unlikely scenarios in my head, like house fires, kidnappers, ninjas, man-to-man -man coverage on my kids, you name it. Well, I'm happy to report that for the first time this last summer, after years of prayer, I slept great. I barely thought about all those scenarios at all. I reminded myself of God's power and all the times he's protected me that I didn't even know about, and I rested well in him. So, if we're actively guarding our homes against fear and anxiety, what should we be letting in? Our theme verse for this year is Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established, and by knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Wisdom understanding and knowledge are vital to establishing life-giving homes. But how do we obtain such things? Are there different types of wisdom and knowledge? When I first discovered I was going to be a mom, I was very surprised, to say the least. My husband and I always talked about having children, maybe one day. Well, when that day unexpectedly came, and for the next nine months, I tried to diligently prepare our home to welcome our son. I read books about pregnancy, I signed up for a baby registry, I nested, and even made a list of doctors that I didn't want to ever touch me should I be rendered unconscious in the delivery process. <laughs> I put it in my duffel bag. <laughs> I thought so much about the delivery and bringing him home safely that I didn't think much about after that happened. After our son was delivered, a very sweet nurse asked me the next day in casual conversation, if I thought about what kind of parenting style we were going to use. Huh. <laughs> parenting style, I thought. I was baffled. I hadn't thought much about that afterwards at all. She could tell I was baffled, and she asked if I wanted her to come back later that afternoon with some information. It definitely took her up on that. She explained many methods of parenting and gave me some book references. She even explained a sleep model called EASY, standing for Eat, activity, sleep, your time. I picked that one because I really enjoy eating and sleeping. <laughs> activity and your time are great as well. 
Come to find out the eating and sleeping and activity are for the baby. <laughs> but I remain grateful for the wisdom imparted to me. Flash forward to that sweet baby boy becoming a toddler. He was a very good baby, and as I look back, actually a very tame toddler. There was one moment, though, that I had another vivid, I am in way over my head moments during a tantrum. He was in a timeout, but continued to be destructive. I believe a lamp got shattered. I looked towards my husband, and we didn't know what to do. I quickly shouted out and asked him to Google it. I knew I needed help and that we needed wisdom. An ad in the Toledo Parent drew me to this very mom's group. I remember it like yesterday that the speaker was telling a story about one of her children waking up in a grumpy mood, and she instructed them to go back to their room, pray about it, and come back out with a better attitude. Err! Pray about it, I thought. What a nut job! <laughs> this was one of the first times I heard a mom saying she encouraged her child to pray. I knew that I was in a very different crowd of women than I had ever been before. I even went home and can recall talking to my husband about it that night. Neither of us had been exposed to true spiritual wisdom and godly knowledge as parents, and it seemed very strange to us at first. If you're new to this mom-to-mom -mom group, I would like to encourage you to come back monthly and to invite your friends. I promise you that you will be loved and encouraged here. I assure you that if ever an odd question could be asked or statement made, I did it, and I was loved through it all. Quite a bit has changed in my life since the first time I visited this mom's group, praise God. My oldest child is about to turn 11 this month, so I am very much so still in the trenches and learning a lot. However, one thing that I have learned and know for sure is that all wisdom, in fact, comes from God himself. The book of James tells us in chapter 1, verse 5, that if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Whether your children are infants or adults, I would encourage you to pray first to God and ask for wisdom before seeking other advice, for this has blessed me greatly during challenges. So many times when I have had yet another, I am in way over my head moments, I have asked someone about it first, or even posted a question in our Mama Talk group for advice before going to God about the situation. The times that I have first asked God for wisdom, with my kids, the situation has been so much more easy to navigate. Even if I don't immediately get an answer, I feel comforted by the gift of prayer and often can later see where God led me to help get answers. So much of what I have learned about being a mom has come from people in this very room today. Regularly being with other moms that have older kids than I has been a great blessing. I had the opportunity to work at an after-school program with this now great friend that was the original mom-to-mom -mom speaker that I mentioned as a nut job. She's here today. As we waited for parents to pick up their children, one of her older kids began to worry because some of the parents were running late. They had to be at a sports event later at school and were supposed to pick up something to eat in between the after-school program and the sporting event. As her child came up to her again to inquire about what they would do for dinner, my friend responded, God will provide what we need. It wasn't what I expected her to say, nor what I probably would have said to my child at that time. But it was truth, and it's become a favorite slogan in my house to this day. 
If I'm ever fretting about something, my husband will sometimes respond back to me, God will provide what we need, just in that tone, (laughs) knowing how that simple story impacted me. The information from the nurse in the hospital was helpful, and it was greatly appreciated. However, there is a difference between worldly knowledge and godly wisdom. Worldly knowledge so often focuses on a physical goal or a short-term gain, while godly wisdom focuses on the things of the heart and eternity. Godly wisdom often sounds very different from worldly wisdom, and sometimes it isn't spoken directly to us, but in our presence and over time. There is one solid way, though, that God does speak directly to us. That is through his word, the Bible. If you are not in the habit of reading the Bible, I'd like to challenge you to do so. This was one of those newer concepts for me when I first came to Mom to Mom, and it has been very beneficial in my life. By opening the Bible, you will be opening the doors of your home to wonderful truths and instruction directly from the Lord. If this is new to you, I'd be happy to talk to you more about how to get started after meeting, the meeting this morning. We also, as Audrey mentioned, have a great variety of women's studies through our church if you'd like to join one. It's not too late for the year, and Wendy's here today. Beyond the great gift of God's word for wisdom is the gift of fellowship with other ladies and prayer. Fellowship means a friendly association, especially with people who shares one interest. We are all moms in this room. So we share a common interest of hopefully raising children in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and to cultivate a life-giving home. The wiser woman in church or Bible study or mom's group is going to be a better resource for information than Google. Like when I was trying to figure out how to navigate my toddler's tantrum, having a regular group of women to bounce ideas off of or to ask for resources such as books or podcasts is like being given a flashlight when the power goes out. It's even more uplifting when these women can pray with you and for you. While God's word will always remain the same and true, one thing that is always changing is technology. Our phones, computers, and televisions can be just as much of an entryway into our home as our physical doorways, even if we can't see it like muddy boots marching through them. The unlimited information we have access to can be so great but also has the possibility to mask God's view of biblical motherhood. I've used YouTube videos to learn how to can foods. I've also used it to try to relearn fourth grade math homework. (laughs) Often though, I'm not using it for beneficial things and it's controlling me. When I worked outside the home, I would try to go to bed early, knowing that I had an early wake up call the next day and a really long shift. Working in the home hasn't changed that. In fact, it's more important work So I need to be purposeful to get to bed at a reasonable hour and put down my darn phone. A lot of these platforms can also cloud our views of the beauty of motherhood. The world can be flooded with views of this wonderful role being an awful and terrible chore. Some statements are bolder than others, with bloggers or influencers posting all the reasons they choose to be child-free. Some are a little more subtle or disguised as a joke. But first, coffee along with a picture of a disheveled, hot mess mom that just can't survive without caffeine because her kids are exhausting, or a wine glass the size of a swimming pool made just for stressed moms to have one after a long day and to check out because they deserve a break. 
Even seemingly innocent sitcoms often portray husbands as comedically useless as opposed to a respectable head of the house the way that God ordained. A lot of times husbands are just viewed as one more big kid to take care of instead of a great source of wisdom. Now, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love coffee. I also love to laugh and I love a good joke or a meme. However, I do find when that's the bulk of what I'm reading or viewing, my attitude towards being a mom is impacted. In a world full of these messages, I find it helpful to ask myself a few discernment questions to reevaluate where I'm getting knowledge and how I am spending my time. I try to ask myself these things. How is this directly benefiting, pardon me, how is this directly benefiting myself or my family? What are the motives behind the person that is writing the article I'm reading or what I'm listening to? Is this something that lines up with God's view of motherhood, marriage, or family? A couple of months ago, I was walking out of the library with my oldest daughter, and she asked me why I don't read that much. Busted, I thought, but I quickly responded that I'm busy. We went back and forth for a bit, and she responded that I could read before bed. I told her that when I start to read before bed, I fall right asleep, which she reminded me can be a great thing. I later found that she put a copy of one of her books, The Scruffy Puppy, on my nightstand with one of her bookmarks. It was just the nudge I needed and a great reminder that I should put my phone down at night and purpose to go to bed so that I can be fully invested as, in my job as a mom the next morning. Spoiler alert, it might not have been a biblical book, but I actually really enjoyed it. I read it. <laughs> and it gave her and I a lot to talk about. It was surely more of benefit than mindlessly scrolling through a phone or binge watching a television show. The look on my daughter's face when we talk about the Scruffy Puppy series is that of true joy, which is one of those precious and pleasant riches that our theme verse for the life-giving home talks about. Joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that the Bible tells us about. These fruits, in addition to joy, are love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are wonderful things to open the doors of our home to. We are stewards of our home, and if we want to have life-giving homes, these are great attributes to focus on letting in. As mothers, we very often set the entire tone for our household. We want that to be life-giving. How? I usually do better throughout the day in my job as a mom if I wake up asking for the fruits of the Spirit, particularly if I know that I've been lacking in an area. There are so many small ways that we can cultivate this throughout the day. It could look very different depending on the ages and needs of your children, but some examples could be as follows. To be more loving and kind, spend a few minutes feeding whatever makes your child know that you love them. Cuddle your toddler a few extra minutes and reread that well-known book for the thousandth time. Play Legos or a favorite game with your first grader and hear all about recess, every detail that day, and who got to be the Red Power Ranger. Fold your middle schooler's laundry and make sure their favorite outfit is ready for a dance because you know they had a busy week with homework and were pressed for time. Take your teenage or adult child out for lunch and tell them an area that you can see real growth in them. Roll out the welcome mat for having fun and genuine joy with your family. Make fun memories. 
They can be simple or more extravagant, spare of the moment, or planned. Just purpose at times to have some fun, even during busy seasons. It's good for the whole house. Play a board game or a funny game like Pie Face. Have a carnival night where you make up games. Last year, my family had decided not to go to the Fulton County Fair because it was so hot and I was so pregnant. So I made up games for us to play around the home and they loved it so much they asked to do it again this year. They got to play each game as many times as they wanted and got a prize at the end. And I loved it because I'm cheap and it was a lot less expensive. <laughs> my six-year-old said it was the best night ever and there was a lot of laughter. My husband and I even were laughing because we pretended to be the people that run the games, Marvin Babs, and we made up uh, terrible accents for them. It was a good memory. To invite more peace and patience in your home, hit that ever so hard to utilize pause button and pray before speaking to a grumpy child or hormonal teenager and polish those listening skills. It might also look like hitting that same pause button when things don't go to plan, such as when your husband's late for dinner or after school activities due to work or traffic. It's hard for me to have self-control and patience in those moments, but when I do, the evening looks better for the entire family. We've talked a good amount now about how to safeguard our entryways from outside influences and good things we want to open the door to. It's equally important to make sure that when we're going out of our homes, we are careful about what we're carrying back in and to not become the negative influence ourselves. My husband was recently on a trip for a few days, and I carefully tried to plan before he left to keep things simple while having fun and avoid stress to make it as easy as possible for the kids and myself. I tried to mentally work through every hurdle I could think of in order to be cultivating a joyful and loving atmosphere, especially with this talk coming up. <laughs> the first few days went by, and I thought I was doing well getting through the school duties and athletic events. I was even having fun, easy dinners, and some movie nights. Then a few unexpected hurdles were thrown at me before he came home. It was much easier to try to be patient, loving, and kind when things were going my way. Then, one of my daughters got a migraine during church service while I was attempting to nurse the baby, and I had to try to master an escape from the balcony without causing a scene and before she would throw up, which she did. <laughs> the next day, after going grocery shopping, I thought I'd run through the car wash quickly as I've done weekly for the past several months. That day, of all days, my van collided with the truck in front of us while inside the car wash. And it ended up taking up the rest of the morning with filling out an incident report and waiting for a police officer, not to mention navigating that 15-passenger bus right out of the car wash instead of going forward. I was just about at boiling point come lunchtime and quite hangry. I could hear my sister's voice in my head as I debated how to rearrange the rest of my day. My sister works in a school and she'll often tell something She'll often tell my kids that something they're doing is either a red choice or a green choice because that's what she tells her students. As you could guess, a red choice is not the best and could end in injury or negative consequences. As I was getting my three youngest kids finally unpacked and into the house to start lunch, I was brainstorming on how to reorganize my day with the recent loss of time. I could feel my answers growing increasingly short every time a question was asked by my four-year-old. I could also notice that the grocery bags were getting put down with a little more bigger every time I came into the house. 
Every time I went out to the van to get a grocery bag, it seemed like I was not only carrying that into the house, but a worsening attitude and a desire to act out in a sinful manner. As I debated on what to do while working on chores, I decided I wanted to play some music. Now, the first red choice that popped into my head, and there were quite a few, was to blare some 90s rock music as loud as I could to get out some rage. I next thought of the yellow choice, and that would be to play the radio-edited version of those songs. <laughs> that way the kids would be less scarred and learn less new vocabulary. <laughs> then I decided to go with the green choice, and that was to find a worship list of music, and I played that instead. I continue to plug away at putting away the food from the store while feeding the kids lunch and doing some kitchen cleanup. As I sang along with the worship music, I could feel some of the weight of the stressors from that morning lessening and being lifted off me. There wasn't anything I could do at that point to get the lost time back, but I could certainly focus on making the rest of the day better for not only myself, but for the kids that were currently at home with me and the older kids that were about to get off the bus that afternoon. Our God is a great God, and I needed a reminder of that. Shifting my focus to that of gratitude, healthy kids, provision to get the groceries I just picked up, no injuries in the car wash collision, a home, good friends that help me at church when a child's getting sick from a migraine. All that can help me to remember to have a joyful heart where entering back into my home. We must remember that motherhood is a gift. It's beautiful, even when it's hard, some days will certainly be harder than others, just as in any other job. There are so many days when the kids go to bed that I think and replay parts of the day that could have gone better, other than that mom guilt kicks in. Or I listen to a talk or a podcast and I get discouraged because I feel so overwhelmed with the changes I desire to make, and it seems like I can't do it. If you're feeling at all like this today, or ever, there's great news. God's word can again instruct us here, and I'd like to close by sharing one more verse. Galatians tells us in chapter 6, verse 9, to not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So don't give up. Start small. Keep waking up daily and praying for wisdom and praying for your kids. It's the start of a new school year and very early on. What habit or sin can you see that you'd like to crush this year and replace with something of more benefit to your family? What red choices can be replaced with green ones? Start with a yellow one if you need to, but try to replace them with green ones. Which of the fruits of the Spirit can you let in through the entryway in order to make it a more life-giving home? What a great episode. It's so good for us to break up the house into pieces and think about each aspect of the house, which really means thinking about each room, but there's so much that happens in each room of our home. So stay tuned each month as we listen to more conversation about, oh, all the rooms in our house, the kitchen, the dining room table, and even maybe the bedroom. Those are coming up each month, plus a whole bunch more focused on motherhood. You know, recently our pastor, in a sermon, referenced a great quote. And by the way, you can catch all of our sermons from our church on Christ the Word Sermons, which is its own podcast. We'll always put that in our show notes each and every week. You can grab those 
at Christ the Word Sermons. Okay, so our pastor was sharing this quote, and it was, I had to look it up. It's from a gentleman named Oliver Wendell Holmes. He was a um, physician, a poet, and a father of a Supreme Court justice. And he said this quote that I thought was really powerful. He said, some people are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. And I thought this was a really great quote to kind of talk about in regard to this episode. This is really the kind of quote that makes me say, okay, so you heard all this stuff Courtney said today. Now, what are you going to do? So I'm asking you to think about what is something you need to do in your home? Do you need to change a way that you go about things? Do you need to stop certain things from coming into your home? Do you need to make sure different things are coming into your home? And think about how we can do that in a practical way. So pick something, pick one or two things. And I think this quote is great to remember because there is so much practicality that comes out of the Bible. It's just full of application and how how we should live every single day. And you know what? We can live for Christ because as you know, based on our title of our podcast, we can be unshaken. Let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for all of the women out there who are mothers specifically today. I thank you for the work they do in and out of their homes, how they care for their children, care for those in their in their world, whether it's in a job or their husbands, how they look for direction from you. And I pray that each woman listening today, that you would give your direction to her through your Holy Spirit to know what is the thing she needs to work on, Lord. And I pray that as I'm a mother, that you would help me be better at the work that you've put in front of me in a way that glorifies you in a more strong way each and every day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, it's time for this episode's tiny tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Audrey Allen. I almost said your wrong last name. (laughs) (laughs) Audrey Allen is going to share with us today. uh, What is the, let's see here, what's the exciting tidbit you're going to talk about? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about working out, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, I'm excited. I I think I need this today, so (laughs) let's hear it. Maybe not exciting for some, but so I don't know about you, but I think working out is extremely hard to do. That answer (laughs) is yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, and even harder if you haven't been doing it in the past. So a few years ago, I decided I wanted to start running. I did not have much success at first, mainly for two reasons. One, it was just mentally and physically so hard on me yeah and two I was just really out of shape and I guess there's kind of three reasons so the last one was really I had no accountability and hadn't told anyone I was going to do it so no one was asking me have you been doing it that way you could fail and no one would know (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly it worked out great no not really so as time went on I found other people who also wanted to start running and started going with each of them one day a week so I had my Monday buddy, my Tuesday buddy, Thursday running buddy, and then normally the fourth day, I just, at that point, was motivated enough to go on my own. Right, to finish your week well. Yes, yes. yes. So, um, yeah, and these were all different people who some of them I wasn't actually that close with, so it was a good opportunity to just kind of grow some friendships while also working out. So it ended up being a really win-win situation because... I had the accountability. Yep. I was getting my runs in and 
I was building those friendships, having built-in time to hang out with people. So it ended up working out really well and still have some great friendships yeah. from those times. And are you still running? I am. You are. And I you am. are how much pregnant right now? Uh, 25 we weeks today. So, so I don't know exactly when this particular tiny tidbit will release. <laughs> you may have had a baby by then. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But you're still running even though you're pregnant. Yep. I still have. The buddies are now, they've kind of changed over the okay. years. But one of them is my husband now. Okay. That's good. That's a, that's, he's a good buddy, I yes, suppose. Yeah. Yes, he is. And so, yeah, I still you're still have running. people I go with and it works And so out well. if someone can't do it with you, you just pick a new buddy. If somebody says, I, I can't do it. Yeah. Or, you know, no. things kind of just change. Yeah. Or, and so. Um, nice. Yeah. You find, or people here that you like running and they'll want to go with you. Yeah. And it works out really well. So I don't like running. <laughs> so I'm not going <laughs> to well, sign up. Well, it apply to anything. doesn't okay, have to be that, running. I love that piece yeah. that you just told us that accountability is huge. Mm-hmm. And that is true in a lot of things we talk about in the podcast, like reading your Bible or prayer or, you know, anything. But accountability is huge, so we got to use our sisters in Christ. And if it's running, then you're going to do it, girl. <laughs> yep. Right. That's awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Join us next week as we walk through 10 little nuggets of wisdom with one very wise woman. It's going to be a great episode with a lot of real honest practicality as well, just like we talked about earlier. It is going to be an episode that says now what are you going to do? So join us next week as we talk about 10 little nuggets of wisdom. Don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. There's great content on this these platforms. Lastly, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast directories, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. You can even find us on Spotify. And it would really help us out when you head over to these platforms to subscribe to Unshaken. Hey, remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God, until next time.